BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Over the years, I compiled that list. And luckily, that list is not endless. It's like there are only X number of maybe like 20, 30 preservatives that Mm -hmm. can be used. And some of them are harmful. And so, so then... So in that ebook, I also put it together that list. Mm. So if you see, and also I put together a list of middle of the road preservatives that mm. are like you know you can do better, but they're also not the worst. Mm. And so then, if you see one of those preservatives uh, of the harmful preservatives, then you know um, again. Um, you don't have to look any further because the preservative is bad. Plus, again, chances are that there might be other potentially harmful ingredients. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Irina, welcome to She. Thank you so much for having me on. I love your work that you're doing, and it's a real honor to be invited, and I'm super excited. Oh, well, thank you. I am equally as as much of a fan of your work, and you have been a great resource for me, and I've been able to share a little bit about what you do with my community, and I just have really looked forward to getting to have a real conversation that we can share with my community, as this is a topic I get asked about often, and I really think you have a lot more expertise than I do. I mean, I definitely know some things, but I am often texting you or sending you DMs or messages saying, what about this? What about that? And so I'm looking forward to getting to share some of that with them. But before we dive into everything, for the listeners who may be unfamiliar with your work or just haven't heard of you before, can you give a little overview of what you do and the type of information and services that can be found on your site and through the work that you do? Yeah, of course. So my team and I help consumers make informed decisions about products they use on their bodies and at home. Hmm. such as anything like uh, shampoos, makeup, skincare products, but also uh, water filters and air purifiers Hmm. and cleaning products and cookware, mattresses. So basically everything that exists in the home environment. Hmm. And uh, we help people reduce exposure to potentially harmful chemicals in a non-stressful way Mm -hmm. or at least try to uh, by offering uh, many different services so anything from free educational blog posts 
uh, including also the shop section of my website called uh, irelabelsforyou.com. And that section has uh, lots of products that we have vetted for safety. Mm-hmm. Also, ebooks, including rating lists, ebooks for things like diapers, mm-hmm. baby wipes, hair dyes. Mm-hmm. And we also provide one on one consultations mm-hmm. and uh, host a membership website called the Savvy Consumer Circle. Awesome. I love it. You have some really great resources. You guys, if you don't follow Irene on Instagram, we'll be sure to link her Instagram page in the show notes that you can follow that once you listen to the episode, because I know you're going to want to. And then also her blog and her her website, because there's just so much valuable information there and resources too. It's not just information. Because I think what's really nice about what you do, Irina, is you actually kind of do the legwork. Because I think one of the most stressful Mm -hmm. and overwhelming pieces of trying to make more savvy decisions and just be more conscious of what you're putting in your body or using in your home is like not even knowing what's trustworthy or where to start and what to get. You just give a really simplified way of of doing this because you just put Mm -hmm. a graphic out there or a a blog post that's like, hey, here's seven trustworthy brands. I've done the work for you. Here's the standard I hold them to. Like these are trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Just go get them, you know, versus somebody having to dig and try to figure it out and all the information. So I think you do a really good job of just making it very simple Mm. and doable for people. And that's why I really recommend, you. you know, people follow you because you've done so much of that research. But I'd love to just kind of pivot briefly. And I would love if you can share a little of your own story, because I'm just curious, what led you to start researching products and ingredients in the first place? Like, why do you do what you do? Yeah, it's, (laughs) it's, it was interesting. So when I was pregnant with my son, I was putting together a baby registry and I started with a simple or what I thought was simple baby shampoo. Mm. And uh, I just couldn't understand why simple baby shampoos often described as natural or even organic had unpronounceable chemical ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so I basically fell into the rabbit hole of baby shampoos and I ended up literally like spending a whole month just researching baby shampoos. And then I... Ran out of time, and uh, but I kept researching. So after my baby was born, I kept researching other baby products like um, crepe mattresses, diapers, mm. and sleep sacks. And, and then uh, seeing my excitement mm. uh, when I found a non-polyester, non-polyester sleep sack, mm. like a nat- natural sleep sack that was warm, my husband suggested that I should write a blog. And Mm. can you imagine, at that time, I had no idea what a blog was. Mm -hmm. And when was (laughs) this? How long ago was this? Yeah, 2012. Okay, okay. Yeah, and so so then my husband was like, he, like, signed me up for (laughs) a two-day website design class. And so I went to the class, I came home. And I put together a website. And so so I want to say the rest is history, <laughs> but actually in reality it wasn't that glamorous. So my husband had and I had to make lots of sacrifices. So I could spend three years studying 
product ingredients and materials and how products are made and trying to make sense of consumer markets. Mm. Because unfortunately, there is no college degree mm. one can get uh, in product safety. Like, you know, you cannot <laughs> go to, mm. to a class. Luckily, I had prior to that, I had nine years of college education mm. because, you know, I, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be. And mm-hmm. all that turned out to be very useful. Mm. So, wow. so that's how it started. Wow. That's I mean, it, it always usually I think we all kind of make this shift. We, I don't think there's very many of us who just wake up one day and go, oh, I want to change everything. I think it's yeah. usually because we have a personal experience, whether that's yeah. becoming a mom or the journey to becoming a mom or having a health challenge of our own or just kind of, yeah. you know, in that process, suddenly being wanting to be more aware in one way or another. Yeah. Um, and it just, it can kind of evolve very quickly. And so I just, I love what you do. And I think it's really amazing the way that it started so small. And so just in your own experience and how many you've now been able to help. I just love that story. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading your book and I was thinking about that. I was thinking about myself. Like, yes, I was also like, oh, you know, what I want to be when I grew up. Mm -hmm. Like, that was like hardest question for me. And what I want to tell young people now, like, don't worry, Mm -hmm. you know, it will come. It will come naturally. Just be be prepared and be open for that. Yeah. And just kind of take one action at a time, because I really think action or clarity does come from action. Like, you know, even even as like through the about the topic we're talking about, or when it comes to what you want to do with your life or what you're what you're called to do, like a lot of times you don't figure that out on the first thing you try. It's like one little step at a time. And I think that even applies to when we're making some swaps in our lifestyle and our products and things that we're using, yeah. like it's usually not an overnight thing. And it's actually, yeah, and, and especially like when I first got started, like I was using stuff that now I probably wouldn't consider like something I'd want to use, but it was better yeah. than what I had been using. And it was just a step in the right direction. And so, you know, I try to yeah. just remember like, you know, at the beginning you have to give yourself grace. You want to be as informed as you can, but it's just about making one better decision at a time. And usually you'll end up uncovering more and more and discover like, oh, this is really where I want to be, you know? And so anyway, that can apply in many different areas, but I'm curious in regards to the type of work that you do, why do you feel like it's so important and what kinds of issues are we seeing in a lot of consumer products today that really make your work such a valuable resource? I mean, I'd love to just hear what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. So yeah, unfortunately products that we use every day may contain carcinogens and um, endocrine or hormone-disrupting chemicals, irritants, and allergens. So so let's talk about that for a moment. So, like, today's kids have all kinds of allergies to peanuts or shellfish or gluten or even coconut Mm -hmm. and other foods. And young girls are hitting puberty much earlier than it happens in the past. And um, sadly, everyone knows a life touched by an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. or cancer or both. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are widespread problems, but not everyone is asking why. Why do we have all these issues? Mm-hmm. And uh, we often buy things packaged in plastic or cans, or we use nonstick cookware, or we grab bottled water and we think it's a healthy thing to do but we have no idea what is in that bottled water and manufacturers are producing things for the most part we're consuming them without thinking 
how they are made and lets consumers off too easily. And so I wholeheartedly believe that when we consumers pay attention to product ingredients and ask questions, we see more safer products in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And let me let me give you an example. In 2013, mm -hmm. I wrote a blog post about Kirkland signature baby wipes. Mm -hmm. And at that time they were they were a few red flags among the ingredients and even a formaldehyde releasing preservative. So they used the formaldehyde releasing preservative, and I even remember what it was called, two bromo, two nitropropane, one for diol. Mm. And many parents commented on the blog post, actually, they're still there, mm. those comments, describing rashes and mm. pain their babies had to go through. And Apparently, I don't know that for a fact, but apparently the manufacturer took notice of my blog and possibly as a result of consumer pressure and people asking questions and uh, commenting, Kirkland Signature Baby Wives were reformulated in 2014 and the formaldehyde releasing preservative was taken out. Wow. So then comments stopped and mm -hmm. it wasn't as bad. Later, I created the Baby Wipes Rating List ebook, mm -hmm. which I still have. And my associate and I update the book every year, at least every year, because ingredients change and the ingredients change for the better mm -hmm. often. Hmm. So this is really good news. Yeah, that is good news. I definitely think there's a lot more effort and, and positive progress being made. Yeah, But I, I'd be curious if you'd be willing to share what regulations are actually in place and which aren't, especially in the U.S. when it comes to protecting consumers. Mm -hmm. I know I've as I've like looked into yeah. this and studied, it seems like there's a lot less regulations yeah. than in places like Europe and things like that. But I'd love to hear what you know about that. Yeah, this is a really good question. We like often think that if products are sold in the stores, you know, somebody tested them for safety and they're generally safe. And, and I was one of them. Like I had no idea that we actually, that there are like ingredients of products like lipstick. When I even started already researching baby products, I just like literally pulled out something from my drawer, some kind of eye cream, I put it on and I had a very bad allergic reaction. Hmm. But yeah, so, and then the doctor was like, okay, so we can't do anything. She looked at the ingredients, like there is like really, uh, this product shouldn't be sold. So yeah, unfortunately, you know, there are, there is a lack of regulations in U.S. Mm -hmm. Congress created a law to govern the safety of beauty and personal care products called the Federal Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act mm -hmm. called um, FDNC Act in 1938. Wow, that's a long time ago. And <laughs> so even before I was born. <laughs> So this act created the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. And so under this act, 
from 1938 to 2016, the FDA banned only 11 ingredients from the use in cosmetic product. In 2016, they banned 19 more ingredients, but all of them were related to antibacterial soap. Hmm. So, like, by comparison, in European Union, they banned over 1,300 ingredients. And also, most importantly, that neither the FDNC Act nor the FDA hmm. require cosmetic companies or ingredients to be tested for safety before they are sold to consumers. Hmm. Like, just think about that. Like, hmm. they're not required. And the FDA does not have any authority to recall products, even if like numerous people, like, for example, with the baby wipes, Mm -hmm. you know, numerous people complain about and like FDA cannot do anything about that. I mean, in the best or worst scenario, they can send them a polite letter. But if the company says, okay, our products are safe, so then FDA cannot do anything about that. Mm. And uh, like, for example, there are numerous uh, class action lawsuits alleging hair loss, hair damage, or even scalp burns from hair products made by Monat or Diva Curl or Wham. And, you know, it's Mm. FDA cannot do anything about that. And another thing is, is that there are over 10,000 ingredients that can be used in cosmetic and personal care products. And the Cosmetic Ingredient Review Panel, an industry-funded agency, has only reviewed 13% for safety. Mm. So, like, Lots of ingredients we just right. don't know. Right. And then in addition, there is no governing agency that would ensure that ingredients reviewed by cosmetic ingredient review panel are used according to their safety limits. Hmm. Wow. So there's very little like actual regulation or like standards yeah. is what it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. And and it was like shocking to me. Yeah. And when I when I first found out, I was like, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe there is something out there. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. And no. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. In your in your research, how long did it take yeah. you to realize like, oh, like was this something you learned over the course of a couple of days or weeks, or is it something that you've like dug into for months or years until you realize like, wow, there really is nothing? Yeah, probably a couple of years. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I was say, so well. yeah, it's like the first three years I was not making any money. I was just literally sitting there every single day, reading, researching and everything. The, the companies, the ingredients, the regulations, like how the products are made, just like trying to make sense of all this mm-hmm. and kind of put it into the systems and yeah, it's like the first three years, like when I was writing blog posts at that time, it was just for me, mostly a tool for me to figure out what I'm actually looking at. Mm. Because sometimes like you read a lot of stuff and you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I understand. And then when you start writing, like, ah, oh, hmm, I'm not sure about this. Mm-hmm. I need to confirm that. And right. 
Yeah. So yeah, you're kind of like fleshing out your thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So kind of piggybacking off of that, I would love if you can share what is your research process look like? And what are the things that you're looking for when you consider a product in order to say like, this is a safe product, or this is a clean product? What are you looking for? And kind of what is that research process to do that when it comes to a product even look like? Yeah, there is like, I, I can say like five step research methods mm-hmm. that um, I eventually came up with. And, um, as, and we use all the steps when, especially when we start researching new industry, like relatively recently, for example, I was researching, I mean, we, my associate and I are huge help. Mm-hmm. So air purifiers. So first so we don't just like look at one air purifier and say okay so mm-hmm. it looks safe <laughs> so it looks like effective machine and everybody every blogger likes it mm-hmm. so then we should like it too mm-hmm. so no first we uh my associate and i survey the whole industry so in this case like the whole industry of air purifiers and see what the popular brands are mm-hmm. In, like who the major players are in that particular industry segment. And then we learn as much as possible about manufacturing processes in that particular industry. So in this case, with air purifiers, we study technologies, like there are different technologies that are used to make air purifiers and what they do. And then third, we proceed to study the ingredients or components or technology of that particular uh, product Mm -hmm. in question, especially when it comes to body products. So we read scientific studies in the U.S. National Library of Medicine and regularly review scientific sources, including like cosmetic ingredient review panel reports and European scientific committee on Mm -hmm. consumer safety reports and American contact dermatitis society reports and uh, European chemical agency database. And I'm also subscribed to this deepdive.com. So which is like a fee-based electronic hub for numerous peer-reviewed scientific journals. So, and then, um, If we need more information, we uh, contact manufacturers for for that. And finally, normally, typically, we get the product and test it and see if it's a good quality and how it's packaged Mm -hmm. and and just whether we like it or not. And Mm -hmm. my husband likes to test products now. Mm -hmm. So, so, and... um, yeah, and then we sometimes rely on the feedback, on the honest feedback from my Civic Consumer Circle members and read numerous uh, product reviews on Amazon. Mm. Yeah. It's a process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you yeah, really it, do a deep dive. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work, and actually it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But it seems like, you know, we, we, we want to provide uh, consumers with the best information that, mm-hmm. you know, we just don't want to repeat what somebody else said. Right. We do a regional research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, I wanted to ask about two specifically. I mean, okay. First, your 
whole like brand is called I read labels for you, which just is great because most of us are like super overwhelmed by the whole process mm-hmm. of trying to understand yeah. a product. Yeah. And so I'd be curious, what are your go-to? Well, I want to dig into reading a label, but first, what are some of your go-to sources for identifying the safety of individual ingredients? Like how do you even, how did, when you were first learning, like, is this a safe ingredient? Is this not? Because some of them we can't, we can't pronounce and it's actually okay. And then some of them we can't pronounce and it's like actually not okay. Yeah. And I just, I would just be curious, what sources have you found to be helpful in your own research? And how did you, how did you learn to read a label? Like I, 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 don't even know where to start with that in my I didn't know where to start with that in my own experience and I'd love to hear what your sources are when you're trying to figure out in, if individual ingredients on a label are safe yeah so I rely on scientific sources of information mm-hmm. so there are lots of uh, scientific studies in the US National Library of Medicine or pubmed.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, the full versions are published uh, um, in the journals, and I have access to them through the uh, paid um, deep dive uh, website. Mm. And then I go to European studies, like what they have to say, like Mm. especially when it comes to hair dyes, Mm. Europe Europe is uh, more advanced in that sense. And so I like pull uh, reports on the, on that particular hair dye mm-hmm. uh, published by European Scientific Committee on Consumer Safety. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then in US, there is a cosmetic ingredient review panel. So you can go to their website and there is a tab, you can type ingredients in there. Mm. And if that product, if that ingredient was researched for safety, then a report will come up. Mm. And then, you know, you can read that report. Mm. So um, there is also European Chemicals Agency website, where you can kind of see quickly what they report about that particular ingredient that you're looking into. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It's well, and I ask because I, I often get questions just like, where do you research products? And it's like, well, I mean, there are some helpful apps that can be helpful, but a lot of the stuff that I, I I've learned is from you just because you almost have to understand a lot of the ingredients and to know what you're even looking at. And that can be a lot of work to really dig into yeah. as you're describing. But, you know, I think a lot of us, at least until more recently or at all up until now, don't really pay much attention to an ingredient label. Or when we do, we're not, we may not fully understand what it actually says or how to read it correctly. Do you have any tips on how to properly read an ingredient label, even if we don't know what every single ingredient actually is? Yeah. So I've spent... (laughs) X amount of years. Um, I don't know when I say years, it kind of makes me feel old. But yeah, so I'm super excited because I can teach you 10 second method that I came up with how to estimate product safety, like literally with the practice, you can do that in a matter of seconds. You want me to? Yeah, please do. Please tell us. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so, so the first thing you look for is fragrance. So also called perfume. So this words mean that there is a mixture of undisclosed ingredients and a loophole in the law because by law, companies are obligated to disclose all ingredients except for fragrance or 
flavor mixes. Hmm. In the meantime, the International Fragrance Association has published a list of over 3,000 ingredients that can be used to create fragrance mixes. I mean, it doesn't mean that in one fragrance mix, all of them are present, mm -hmm. but um, if you like, there is that list. And if you go read that list, many of those chemicals are associated with cancer, endocrine disruption, and allergic reaction. So, so when you see fragrance, mm -hmm. like I suggest just not even look any further and just not use that product. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of the first step. Mm -hmm. And then the second step, so if you don't see fragrance, you can look for ethoxylated ingredients. And so they are made by the process of ethoxylation, meaning that carcinogenic ethylene oxide is reacted with other ingredients. And as a result of that chemical reaction, carcinogenic one for dioxane is formed mm. and can be present in the final product if the manufacturer did not remove it. But we consumers have no way to tell whether they removed it or not. Right. And in addition to that, I mean, first of all, I want to emphasize that using products with ethoxylated ingredients does not mean that you will get cancer. Right. So, right. So, it, yeah. But what is, what is an ethoxylated ingredient? Like, will it say ethoxylate something? Like, how do you identify what that is on a label? Yeah. Sometimes it can say, but um, they are identifiable by, like, there is polysorbate, for example, dash and number. Like, mm. normally it's 20 or 60 or 80. So this is this would be ethoxylated ingredient. Then there are ingredients with E T H in the end. Mm. So that would be ethoxylated ingredient. And sometimes with a number after that, or sometimes without number. Mm. So so things like that. And yes, sometimes you can say the words ethoxylated, but that mostly in the cleaning products because in cleaning products they use different disclosure mm. so yeah it doesn't mean that anybody can get cancer from them but i just kind of believe that the values of manufacturers who use ethoxylated ingredients are not necessarily aligned with health and the environment because why do we need to use and create uh carcinogenic chemicals because once we create them they're on the planets they're mm. You know, they don't easily go away. Mm -hmm. They end up in our water and in our food. Mm -hmm. And so, so kind of, I think that's, that's a shortcut. Mm -hmm. So if you see ethoxylated ingredients, that's kind of a sign that the, about the character mm -hmm. of the company. Mm -hmm. And that also a signal that other ingredients in the product might not be safe. Hmm. So it kind of saves you time. Okay, so you saw one ethoxylated ingredient and you're like, okay, so I don't need to look any further. But so if you don't see fragrance, and by the way, I have like Save Consumer Superpower ebook where I describe all that in detail and, uh, and have even like a list of um, ingredients and the names of them so you can cut it out, put it in your wallet and 
use it when you shop. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, the third step, like let's say you don't see fragrance, you don't see effects ingredient, look for uh, preservatives. Mm-hmm. So like if a product has water, it needs to have preservatives to prevent harmful bacteria growth and mold growth. And over the years, I compiled that list. And luckily, that list is not endless. It's like there are only X number of maybe like 20, 30 preservatives that Mm -hmm. can be used. And some of them are harmful. And so, so then... So in that ebook, I also put a, together that list. Mm. So if you see, and also I put together a list of middle of the road preservatives that mm. are like, you know, you can do better, but they're also not the worst. Mm. And so then if you see one of those preservatives, uh, the harmful preservatives, then, you know, um, again, um, you don't have to look any further because the preservative is bad. Plus, again, chances are that they might be other potentially harmful ingredients. So basically, you don't have to read every single ingredient. You just mm-hmm. spot check uh, for this three, for fragrance, for effects ingredients, and for preservatives. And um, if, um, if there is... So if you don't find this ingredients, mm-hmm. then there is 95% chance that other ingredients won't be harmful mm-hmm. either. Have you been wanting to make some lifestyle changes to cultivate a healthier home and live a more natural, clean lifestyle, but felt like you don't even know where to start with all this stuff? Trust me, I have been there. But the good news is you don't have to move to a farm or start making products from scratch to live a more natural and sustainable lifestyle. You can truly start right where you are. Look, I know what it's like to be at the very beginning of this journey, ready to make some changes to support your health and support your family naturally, but feeling so overwhelmed by all the things. I remember when I first started, I was so confused by all the information that I would see on Instagram and online, and I was unsure how to find truly clean brands, had absolutely no clue how to source food besides at my local grocery store or with Amazon Prime. And at the time, I felt like I couldn't even keep a simple houseplant alive. Like, how the heck was I going to live a more natural, sustainable lifestyle? But here's the thing. With some good old-fashioned research and a lot of trial and error, I began to figure it out step-by-step, and over the last couple of years, my husband and I have been able to cultivate a healthier home and a more sustainable life right where we are without moving to a farm, even though that would be a dream someday. And I created a guide to take the guesswork out of it for you so that you can just start making one small change at a time in a way that works for you. This guide is called the Lifestyle Overhaul Guide. It is a quick start guide to cultivating a more natural and sustainable way of life. There's four core parts. Part one will help you create a budget so that you can really feel confident going into making these changes because it's a bit of an investment, but you can do it at a pace and in a way that works for you and your budget. Part two is all about reducing your stress and cultivating a schedule that really prioritizes the things you want to prioritize and gives you back some control of your time. Part three is all about cleaner products, cultivating a healthier home, finding reliable brands, and really deciding what you're going to prioritize and what you're going to swap first. And you're going to get a comprehensive list of all sorts of options that are truly reliable from more budget-friendly ones to ones that are a little bit more of an investment. So you'll have options to choose from. And then part four, it's all about stocking your pantry and your fridge, really preparedness, learning how to source food beyond just 
being reliant on the grocery store. And while there's nothing wrong with going to the grocery store, I still do. Finding alternative ways to source food and source food locally and, and not only get that you know, more local, organic, healthier options, but also be prepared because big food systems can be, our food supply systems can be easily disrupted. And so this is all about sustainability and natural living. And it's going to give you a roadmap with the first steps to take and to do it in a way that is going to work for you. So if you want this to be the year that you start to feel like you are able to invest in healthy lifestyle changes without stressing about the money side of it, to take back your time by creating rhythms and routines that really support a more sustainable way of life, to confidently swap your products for truly safe and clean alternatives, to have a roadmap to guide which products to change out first, second, third, etc and to become a little less reliant on big food systems and conveniences that we have and shorten your supply chain to more local options so you are prepared for the worst case scenario and making some healthier local choices for your family, this guide is going to show you exactly how to do that. So if you want to grab it, you can pre-order it at jordanleedooley.com slash lifestyle dash overhaul. That is going to be available for pre-order until the end of July, and it will officially be available on August 1st. So Go grab your copy and let's get back into the episode. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. 
Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. So you said look for fragrance, ethoxylated ingredients, and you said that was like polysorbate with a number, like dash a number, or if it ends with ETH. And you also said the third one was uh, the preservatives. And, and you said you have a resource that mm-hmm. that basically breaks down which preservatives are on the better yeah. side of things versus are, which are not. Okay. We'll be sure to link that in the show notes. Thanks. I think that's a really helpful tool. Um, speaking of, of fragrance though, I'd love if you can touch on uh, like natural fragrance, natural fragrance oils or essential oils on an ingredient label. Like, do you consider those the same category as just all fragrance or what are your thoughts when you see something like natural fragrance or natural fragrance oils on a label? Yeah, this is a really good question, and I like how you asked it. <laughs> so it, it is important to understand that natural fragrance and natural fragrance oils are the same thing. And fragrance oils and essential oils are different things. Okay. So, so basically, if you see natural fragrance... Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't say like it's comprised of only essential oils. Mm-hmm. Like it says, oh, you know, there are some other natural aromatic compounds and mm-hmm. extracts and something else. I mean, the thing is that we still, they still don't let us know what they are. Mm-hmm. And natural things can be harmful too. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not by default. It's because also there is no really legal Defined definition of natural. So, mm-hmm. like, what can seem to be natural mm-hmm. to one person to one company doesn't mean it's natural mm-hmm. to other company. Plus, you know, again, like lead or petroleum, uh, crude oil. I, I mean, this is natural. Mm-hmm. So. Wow, good point. Yeah. So, so anyway, so basically, if it's um, natural fragrance or natural fragrance oils. Mm-hmm not essential oils, but natural fragrance oils, mm-hmm. and the ingredients are not disclosed, I would I would still stay away from, from them. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's very important to contact the company and ask for a full list of ingredients in their natural fragrance mm-hmm. because they sometimes, uh, even if they don't respond or they respond and say something not helpful. Mm-hmm. It's it's still a good idea to do that because eventually they will listen. 
and mm-hmm. they will change and they can take out the the ingredients or or start disclosing ingredients mm-hmm. of fragrance mm-hmm. and so forth. Interesting. That's really helpful. And I, you touched on this and I, I think this is a perfect segue because you mentioned like they can say natural, but if that can mean a lot of things or it yeah. can include some natural ingredients, but still have some things that are really harmful. And I think that leads into my next question, which is like a really big struggle for consumers right now, because a lot of companies use deceptive or even false marketing to, you know, kind of hop on this whole like green, eco-friendly, clean lifestyle that's becoming more mm-hmm. and more of something that we're becoming more aware of. Just like you said, as there's more autoimmune on the rise and there's all these just various things that are happening, I think more and more people are going, well, what small actions can I take in my just everyday life to try to support my health better? You know, I think we're becoming more conscious and there's more access to information. And so because of that, a lot of consumers are struggling to know what to even trust because companies are catching on and using deceptive or even false marketing. So I'd love if you can explain what greenwashing is and what specific what specific marketing terms to just be aware of. What are the ones that are like, okay, that may not mean what it says it means and to be kind of just a little bit more willing to investigate before you just jump on it and assume it's safe. And instead, mm-hmm. what terms or certifications should we be looking for that they can, you know, to prove that the claims can actually be backed up? Yeah, so... You're right. The terms like natural or organic or green or naturally derived, mm-hmm. hypoallergenic, by the way, like even on the FDA website, they say that when you see hypoallergenic, that doesn't mean anything. Even the FDA tells us, wow. the FDA tells the consumer, do your own research, read ingredients. Dermatologist approved, non-toxic or toxin-free or toxic-free don't really mean much because, again, they can mean different things. There is no, like, uniform definitions. Mm -hmm. Like, one company can say their uh, their products are toxic-free or toxin-free or uh, non-toxic because they don't use formaldehyde-releasing preservatives. So that may be their definition Mm -hmm. of Mm non-toxic. But, you know, our standards is also, besides formaldehyde-releasing preservatives, we don't want to see parabens, or we don't want to see fragrance, or we don't want to see that. So so anyway, so yes, those terms are not legally defined, they're not regulated. Mm -hmm. And so... We want to look at the ingredients. Mm-hmm. The first thing we want to look at the ingredients. And inter- interestingly is that some companies don't even disclose ingredients on the website or mm-hmm. it's like really hard to find them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know what they do? They put this like key ingredients. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes some people might think, Okay, so these are all ingredients, but mm-hmm. no, it's like only that's what they want to disclose. So that's where it's a good idea to contact contact companies and ask for a full list of ingredients. Mm-hmm. And um, so also in terms of like naturally derived, mm-hmm. I wanted to give you an example. Like, for example, there is a surfactant called uh, cocamide diethanolamine or like short D-E-A, mm-hmm. like capital letters. So it is a carcinogen 
And it is on the California Proposition 65 list, Mm -hmm. but it is derived from coconut oil initially. Initially, they take coconut oil and and then, uh, so some companies can claim, uh, like they put in parentheses, naturally derived or derived from coconut. Mm. But again, it doesn't really mean much because the this ingredient is a carcinogen in the end. Mm-hmm. So another thing I want to mention that some companies make us believe that they disclose ingredients uh, by disclosing things like non-toxic preservative or ionic surfactant or positive ion system surface active agent. I mean, I didn't make this up. So it was just this recently some makeup, or not makeup, baby wipes company. They had ingredient on their list. And then when I contacted, they um, said that this ingredient has these three ingredients. And one of them was positive ion system surface active agent. So anyway, so these are the categories mm-hmm. of ingredients or like description mm-hmm. of the categories, but they're not actual names of ingredients. Mm. So so yeah, we still don't know whether they are safe or not. Yeah. But in terms of like safe certifications mm-hmm. and helpful certifications, yes, like USDA organic certification is helpful and we can trust that and that would mean that these products are safe but unfortunately those products that would be eligible for the certifications would be like essential oils or facial oils so something like basic Mm -hmm. like it's impossible to create for example high performing makeup that would be eligible to be certified by the USDA organic because, you know, the in makeup, the right ingredients that are not agricultural products mm-hmm. in the first place, like mineral pigments, for example. So in Europe, uh, also the European uh, Cosmos, Cosmetic Organic Standard, can be a good certification to look for and trust. They have two levels of standards, Cosmos Organic and Cosmos Natural. So so this is a good certification to look for, but unfortunately, I can't really say like, okay, just look for that because it's mm. European and it's not very common in the U.S. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful to And know. Uh, maybe here I'll mention about EWG because yeah. EWG, so Environmental Working Group, they have skin deep database and so so it's a good place to check the ingredients you can type an ingredient or product um, into the website Mm -hmm. and the rating will come up and also the list sources of information so it can be helpful to kind of roughly estimate Mm -hmm. and i say roughly because it also kind of you have to know how to use it uh, with a better success, mm-hmm. because for example, if they rate an ingredient at one, mm-hmm. meaning like the safest, because they have the scale from one to ten, and ten being the most toxic. So one means that sometimes it doesn't have any safety data. Mm-hmm. So 
Okay. And, and it's important to pay attention to that. So, which means that we still don't know whether this ingredient is safe or not. So there are things like that. And I also have a blog post where I wrote how to use, um, you know, EWG skin database with a better success. Hmm. That's awesome. We might like that too, because that's something I think we, I think what's hard is when you're just getting started, it can be confusing to even mm-hmm. know what's good. So you hop on something like EWG or even the Think Dirty app, which I've heard different information about whether or not it's still reliable, but regardless, like people will hop on there. And if it's rated a yeah. one, they don't, I mean, I know when I first started, I was like, oh, great, it's a one. And I didn't even read that it was like, there's no information on this ingredient. So, mm-hmm. therefore, like, so it's just helpful to know that. And I think that's, again, why I wanted to have you on because you do have almost like you've created your own database. Like, forget AWG, mm-hmm. you've created your own database of like, here's reliable makeup brands and here's, you know, actually safe mattress options or whatever for whatever yeah. you might be searching for or looking to purchase or wanting to audit if it's in your beauty cabinet or whatever you know, most of the products that we use in our household, like you've already given suggestions on what's actually like safe. And that's really helpful, especially when you do run into these things when on an EWG type app, you check it and and there's limited information or you don't actually get much from it. So um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thank you for saying that. And I, you know, I, I (laughs) I do my best because I want to educate consumers and tell them all this nitty-gritty details, but I also don't understand. I mean, I perfectly understand that everybody is so busy and we mm-hmm. just like don't um, have time to become this, mm-hmm. you know, crazy. Right. To make a full-time <laughs> uh, job out of research. Readers. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That's so why it's like a lot of people just come to me and it's like, just tell me what to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they want, and that's what you give them, mm-hmm. even just through so much of your work. And you do provide a lot of backup information and sources for those who are curious, yeah. but you just yeah. make it really simple. And I think that's really helpful. I want to touch on something that may not be on a label, but I think that's important, like hidden ingredients that may not even come up on the label, such as like medical or medical metal contamination, (laughs) like heavy metals or whatever in products. What's the danger with that? And what are some common hidden ingredients that we may not even know about? And how do you know what products they could be in? Yeah. So heavy metals, they can be in uh, makeup pigments or dyes, both in petroleum, synthetic, and mineral Hmm. uh, pigments as well. So in all of them. And so that's why we want to buy makeup products made with high purity Hmm. mineral pigments. So I don't recommend synthetic or petroleum Hmm. dyes and pigments I prefer because those can have contaminants associated with petroleum in addition. Hmm. to heavy metals and you know if you have time in in the world then you can go on the FDA website and they will tell you which contaminants can be in the products so yes we want to use makeup with mineral pigments and we want to make sure that the company sources high purity mineral pigments or at the very least the ones that won't have disproportionately high levels mm-hmm. of heavy metals. Like, for example, you know, anybody can start a company, makeup company now, mm-hmm. and, you know, they might not have resources to source uh, high purity pigments or they can don't have resources and knowledge to research reputable suppliers and might by accident buy 
commercial pigments as opposed to makeup pigments. And Mm. that's how disproportionately high levels of heavy metals can end up in their makeup. Mm. So, So that's why it's important also for companies independently test, not rely on their manufacturer or supplier information, but uh, also just take a sample of their product and send it to an independent lab. Mm -hmm. So when we contact companies, so we want to ask what country their mineral, uh, from what country their mineral pigments come from, Mm -hmm. because um, like if it's China, Sorry to be kind of <laughs> maybe not politically correct about China, but you know, it kind of the background levels of pollution might be higher, and mm. their regulations might be lenient. And so, anyway, so kind of I prefer when companies source their pigments mm. from Europe or US. Mm. And then we may ask about whether they independently tested their pigments mm-hmm. and in what levels did they find? Because sometimes like, yes, we tested. Okay. And then what? <laughs> what happened then? Mm-hmm. And then possibly even ask them to email you the latest test report. And yes, I understand it's a lot of work. <laughs> and that's why, by the way, we have a Savvy Consumer Circle because all of us together can contact companies and ask questions. And the reason why we want to look into heavy metals, because I'm sure you know, like they bioaccumulate in the body, mm-hmm. like they don't easily go away. And small amounts, like one at one time, you may be exposed to a very small level but you know it can add up and build up in in the body Mm -hmm. but also (laughs) to to keep our sanity and keep things into perspective Mm -hmm. i believe that makeup is not the major source of exposure to heavy metals Mm -hmm. especially like we can take precautions like for example wipe off lipstick before eating so, or don't um, ingest accidentally or inhale makeup products, like use it accordingly. Don't let your babies play with it. So, so yes, if we use precautions and generally speaking, it's like reputable company. So we should be okay. And I kind of encourage to, look at the whole picture and in case of heavy metals for example the the main sources of exposure to uh heavy metals like to lead for Mm. example uh could be uh drinking water or like antique ceramic dishes Mm. like you know you don't want somebody spend all this time researching makeup and trying to like figure out uh which which makeup has less parts per million mm-hmm. of lead in their eyeshadows while you are drinking water that has lead mm-hmm. or drinking from the cup before 1970s they didn't really have regulations about lead so mm-hmm. like old paints and mm-hmm. ceramics they would especially if it's like bright colors mm-hmm. can have um, really high levels of mm-hmm. lead Hmm. Interesting. Wow. It's just, I mean, it's crazy how there could just be so much and that's like, 
it, mm-hmm. like you said, there's a point where it's like your sanity too, but it's important to be aware of as much as you can. And that's where like resources, like what you put out and the research you do does really be, become very helpful because it just turns into, or you can contact, like you said, the company and ask about where like mm-hmm. their heavy metal exposure. And should it be, I'm curious if, if you contact a company and you ask about like, if they've tested for heavy metals independently or anything like that what kind of answer are you looking for? Like if they don't want to disclose it to you or they don't share it with you or make you feel bad for asking, like, is that a red flag? I would just be curious what you would guide someone to be looking for when they, if they do contact a company and ask about something, if they're like really committed to a product they've loved forever and they want to try to continue using it, but now have this newfound knowledge, maybe they contact that that manufacturer or that company. What should they be looking for in terms of the response that they get? Yeah, I mean, they like, I don't like one company say, oh, but those things are naturally occurring. So mm-hmm. who cares? <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so lead is lead, mm-hmm. whether it's naturally occurring or not naturally occurring. So when I say naturally occurring, that means they are not intentionally adding lead mm-hmm. to their ingredients, to their products which is good. And they could have said just that. Okay. So we don't know. Yes. We don't um, intentionally add, you know, some, some companies, you know, you want kind of answer that is honest Mm -hmm. and respectful. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I I had company, a small uh, lipstick company Mm -hmm. and they said, we, we don't have resources to test every single product. Yes, we tested once. Mm-hmm. He, here's our test reports. But we feel that it's not our job. It's the suppliers. By the way, there is a right now law in the Congress that should make the job of good companies easier because they're also kind of in the shoes of consumers. They have to find the suppliers the best ingredients because even ingredients written the same way it can be very different it can have different quality different purity mm-hmm. so anyway so yes if a company honestly says that we are basically admitting that there is an issue mm-hmm. and they may say that we wish we were not responsible for that mm-hmm. but yes from our standpoint we did this mm-hmm. and this is what we found and and here you have it mm-hmm. so so yeah, kind of like open and reasonable, like we are talking, you know, <laughs> person to person as opposed to like, oh, you know, they're naturally occurring and kind of make you feel like you're crazy or you are like not good enough for just even asking that question. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's kind of a red flag for me. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I would love to, I feel like I could ask you like a 5 million more questions, but I would love to end with this question. If someone Mm -hmm. is wanting to start switching to safer products, where would be the best place to start? What are some of the worst (laughs) offenders on the market? And what are like, what would you say? Like, these are the top three things I would suggest starting with or anything that feels like a great first couple of steps. Yeah. So the first step I would say and that might be kind of a shameless plug, and it is uh, for me. <laughs> so, yes, avoid fragrance uh, because it's a mixture of undisclosed ingredients, and we don't really know if they're safe or not. Ethoxylated ingredients and preservatives. Okay. So, I mean, worse preservatives, not all preservatives, because we do need preservatives to keep product um, safe and uh, free from 
uh, bacteria and mold. Mm -hmm. So, yes, these three things, like fragrance, isolated ingredients, and the list of bad preservatives, and that would mean get my savvy consumer superpower ebook mm-hmm. and get that list mm, of perfect. all the top offenders mm-hmm. in the products. Yeah, that's super helpful. You guys, that's a great place to start because it's so easy to be like, oh, swap this product for this one. But like, you should pick your product yeah. and you should pick what you feel good about and read the label. And so, yeah, yeah I think and, and just yeah, empower and yourself people, with that knowledge. Yeah. And people who bought that ebook, they told me that it was more helpful than EWG because EWG can also make you kind of anxious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like you see all this, like this ingredient is rated one, but then if you go down uh, to the bottom, then there is there are words like cancer or mm-hmm. things like that. It's like, whoa, so it, yeah. it causes cancer. So anyway, so there right. is like, you, you can see, too much that you cannot unforesee uh, unsee later (laughs) so Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah so that's why i think it's good uh, to start with that ebook Mm -hmm. first Mm -hmm. because i i try to give minimum information to be helpful Mm -hmm. but also not overwhelm and stress consumers because i fully understand that stress is the biggest toxin Mm -hmm. like when we are stressed we literally all our detoxifying systems because body has so much Mm -hmm. to offer and and we can be healthy even if we're exposed to toxic chemicals Mm -hmm. Uh, but if we sleep or we we have good sleep and we have good diet and all these things and exercise and spend time in nature Mm -hmm. so so yes, stress is the biggest toxin and I fully understand that yeah. based on my personal experience mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah, that's great. That's really a helpful place to start. And I love that you created that resource. We'll definitely link that in the show notes. You guys will want to check that out. Irina, where can everyone learn more from you? Where can they find you if they'd like to dig more into the other resources that you have or just the content that you put out on your blog or social media? What's the best mm-hmm. place for them to follow along and kind of learn with you? And from so, so to finish about um, places to start in terms of switching products to safer ones, um, I want to say one more time oh, sure, about sure. that shop, shop section of my website. Mm-hmm. So the website is called iReadLabelsForYou.com. So um, everything is spelled out for and you spelled out. And so, so that's a place where... Yes, there is lots of information, so you can navigate it by typing a keyword in this website search engine located in the top right corner. So you can type whatever you're looking for, whether it's the name of the brand or ingredients or uh, just um, a product category. You can also go directly to the shop section of the website. Mm. In the top menu, you will see the word shop and you click there and by categories, like I have categories of products and they have listed products there. But I think the best way to keep in touch is by doing two things. One is subscribing or signing up to my emails. So at least once a week, I send an email. So that's a good place for inspiration, for motivation, because like, you know, 
sometimes we we need somebody to send you an email and kind of uh, inspire you to make that change. Um, I send, you know, coupons or discount codes for certain products Mm -hmm. or uh, tell people about certain sales. So, so that's one thing. And then of course there is a social media and I'm mostly active on Instagram. You know, you can uh, watch my and listen to my stories. So I publish lots of stories almost daily about things that we do. I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and show those products and how to apply them and how to use them. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. also post a lot of really helpful graphics that are on social or yeah. on your feed. You guys, she posts graphics that are like, she'll take a topic or a certain type of product like makeup or shampoo and she'll rate them based off of her research and everything she knows. So that'll start with, you know, the worst offenders. Like these are the, these are the shampoos that have like the worst ingredients that are going to be the most mm-hmm. unsafe. And then it's worst, bad, right? Better, best or something like that. And sometimes you have like yeah. a best of the best category. So that way you can yeah. see like what's falling in each category so that you can make more uh, effective decisions. Sometimes I've just bought things based off of a graphic that she shares and then end up really liking the product or trying a different one in the best category because it wasn't the right fit for me. And so that's a really helpful resource too. But Irina, this has been so great. So much of what you shared. I mean, there's, you are just a wealth of knowledge. I just feel like we could sit here for four more hours than I probably would love to do that. But just for the sake of time, I really want to encourage you guys go listen to her stories, go check out what she shares on her blog and on her social media. They're really, really helpful tools and resources to just get you plugged in and get started. Even if you're nowhere near feeling like you're ready to read a label or try to understand it yourself, she's definitely got a great resource. So Irina, thank you for being here. Thank you for everything you've shared and for the work you do. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it was very... Very nice to talk to you. Yes, as always. I I loved it. And I just feel so I feel so encouraged as someone who's done a ton of research myself. I already feel even more empowered every time I talk with you. I'm like, "Ah, I've learned more. So thank you. It's been such a gift. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.